What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 40. Derrick Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derrick Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. And it's time once again. You know what time it is, Jeff? It's... Time for the salty dogs. Oh, I was going to say it's howdy doody time. <laughs> We're ten seconds in, and you're dating yourself already. <laughs> oh come on! Have you not watched I Nick never at Night? Saw howdy doody. Oh time. come on! I have never seen it. You don't. I read. know what it is. I know what it is. It okay, is humor, humor. Hopefully, we have some of that too here on the salty dogs. Yes, uh, I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And uh, you probably, when you clicked on it, saw who our guest is going to be this week. The shark. I'm very excited <laughs> to see Kenny. I'm very. You know, excited. any guy that starts his career in Dallas in the 1990s. And then comes here and is under Weich and Dungey is going to have some good stories. You would think. I and, and, guarantee you he's going to have some good stories. And knowing him, he's one of, he's one of those guys that uh, you know, wasn't a superstar, but he was in his own right. And, well, and, yeah. And that's, uh, I, I, you know, you have your, your big-time players, you know, that everybody always knows. And then you have your core guys. And mm-hmm. the NFL is mainly made up of core guys. Right, you got to have them. Got to have And them. for a guy who was essentially – he did some defense, but his yeah. greatest asset was as a special teamer. For a guy to be essentially a special teams star and to be as well-known, as well-liked as he was during his career in two different cities, A, you have to be good, and, and B, you have to be an entertainer. Yes. And he was both of those mm-hmm. things. We're, we're going to find out. You and I know a little bit about it, but maybe not the whole deal of why he was the shark. And you'll find out when he gets here. Yeah, so we've had two. We've had the truth, and we've had the mm-hmm. shark now. Mm-hmm. So we and have to think what other great nickname players we have to get on here. And we thank uh, the listeners for suggesting yeah, this, it. That was, that's that was right. the suggestion. We asked, and so keep doing that. We asked, uh, after we had truth on, we asked, hey, is there anybody else you want? And uh, we had a listener send in asking for Kenny Gant, and, and lo and behold, we did it mm-hmm. in like – I think that was last Dang. week. Yeah, I know. We're good. All right. We can get stuff done. Yeah. Now we're, we're we can the, get stuff done. The bar is getting really high That's a now. problem. Yeah, somebody's going to ask us to get like. Yeah. Don't, well, uh, we'll do the best we John can. John Lynch or something. Well, which well, he would which come he and do would, it if he, yes. I don't think, as the. Uh, as and, in fact, somebody did ask me in one of the questions, and it may even be one that I have with me, if we could maybe get John Lynch when the 49ers are in town. And I just don't think that's appropriate, probably. You see, uh, let's GM think, of, well, I, I realize that, but we can. I don't think that's going to happen. It's kind of hard because it's Johnny Lynch, and he's so beloved here. Well, and he probably would do it. Yeah. Maybe. It's something we can think of. Their PR guys would probably tell him whether or not to. Anyway. That's true. We could get him on here. Cheese will will tell him. (laughs) (laughs) We could get him on here. and uh, Cheese is a PR guy that used to be here. Yeah, who is now with San Francisco. Uh, If we we could get him on here, we could try to get some secrets from him Mm -hmm. about the playbook. That's how we do it. Poor, poor 49ers with Jimmy Jimmy G going down. That's, that's, that's terrible. That's the NFL. That's why the NFL has all these every year more rules to protect the quarterback because it's this, the product for the 49ers is not the same now. Which is a nice segue that we're kind of right. in a great situation. That's that very good, If Jeff. we have issues, we're, we're, I think we're covered. Yes, yeah, so that we can talk about that now. That's okay. correct. We have, we have at least two guys. That the team knows they can win with, and so it's and, a good problem and Dirk's very big on on Ryan Griffin, very big. That is true. So he and I liked, thought I thought I thought Ryan looked good during the preseason when he actually had an opportunity to play. I don't want Ryan Griffin to play. No, I understand because that. for that. Not yes. because I don't think he's good, but for that to happen, we the season would be mm-hmm. having some problems. Right. So the everybody knows by now the situation because Dirk didn't make it any secret nope. after the Chicago game, and he made it clear that we after the bye week. Jameis was going back as a starter. Mm-hmm. I think it's what we expected all along. I think so. I think we said that last week. It was not in any way a um, reaction to the Chicago game. In fact, as you said, the quarterback was the least of our problems mm. in that game. Yes. Uh, but I think it's the right move. There are people who disagree, and that's fair. But, um, you know, this team was – this they built an incredible offense 
as you can see, so many good pieces to this offense, and he was always meant to be the one running it, and they think he has an enormously big future in this offense. I, think, I agree. Yeah, and I think if you take a step back and just look at during the off season, the organization planned on – they didn't know what was going to be the situation with, with Jameis Winston. Mm -hmm. They did not know. In that process, they cut a deal with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he knew – what his role was right. going to be. And when he realized that he was going to be the starter, the opening day starter, he knew what his role was going to be. Now, no one could predict the, the great games he had. That being said, he knows his role. And I, 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 like, I still like how he handled it, and I still like he – I'm not happy about it. Why should I be happy about it? But I'm a team player. This yeah. is what I'm doing. So Yeah, we, we talked about that all last mm -hmm. week. So looking ahead, um, Jameis comes back for this Falcons game, which is really big. It's huge. It's, somebody asked me, uh, I think in a mailbag, what does it take to get this season back on the rails, to, to get everybody optimistic again, uh, and to, to make it feel like the playoffs are a real possibility? And <clears throat> you know how – Players always say you just you have to win one game. You have to mm -hmm. win. They're always talking about you got to win the next game. That's the, that's what you got to do. In this particular case, I think this one game would put the season right back on track oh. because you would be three and two. Uh, you'd be at the worst. Let's see, maybe a game and a half out of first, and in a wide open NFC, and you would have two road division wins in right. the bank. That's the biggest part of it. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest part of it is you stop a two-game losing streak, and we—I yeah. I know I'm—I'm I'm this person who keeps saying this. Well, but it's a good point. You watch it, and and then you start your second quarter yeah. of the season with a win, and that is what you want to do. It's a division win, just like you just said. So, I—I I, all games are big. All games are—you know—they're—they're. They're, there's also this. I hate the Falcons. Well, and then there's that. Yes, yeah, I guess I yes. can't stand losing to the Falcons. Yes, not that I have anything. I can do anything about uh, it. Division rivals, yes, it's it, they are hurting now. Yeah. That game has the potential. Now, if you if you're a fantasy football player, you're playing everybody you can put your hands mm -hmm. on in that game because that has the potential to be another one of these. Not surprising in the NFL anymore. Huge offensive production games, 45, 42 type games, which I, you see every week now. Yes, I agree with that. However, I believe we have, and I know people are going to start laughing when I say this, but I believe we have uh, a better opportunity to shut them down than they shutting us I'd down. I'd like to explain why, because I, I would like that to be true, but I'm not seeing I, it. I just, I haven't seen it either, but I just... Oh, so you're I, just going by feel. Well, I go going by feel, and I also like what's happened after, during the bye week. I, I liked all of that, and so... I wanted to talk about that. Sure. There's one very specific thing. We all knew they said, made it clear the coaches were going to do a big self-scouting, which it came as a good time for that. Mm -hmm. It came in a good time for, the, for them to be able to review everything, especially on defense, and figure out the various, because it's never one thing, the various things that led to what happened in Chicago, and generally not awesome results for the three games before that. One of the things they did before sending the players off was, was Dirk put together a little, I guess he didn't say the word questionnaire, but some... Uh, some sort of sheet, probably asking them for feedback on a, on a, a number of topics. Uh, he wanted to know what the players thought should be done, which I think is awesome. <clears throat> and he said they, he loved the responses; they were honest. I talked to several players, and they and they all said that almost everybody responded, that everybody had things they wanted to say, and I think that's great. The players aren't always going to be right, but they're down there; they're playing. So let's just hypothetically make up an example: the defensive lineman. Let's say we have we tend to use. We've done this in the past, so I don't know how much we're doing it now. We tend to use a lot of stunts or something mm -hmm. to try to get pressure and try to get mismatches and try to blow past, get into gaps and, and fake them out. Maybe the guys might say, hey, that's great and all, but more often than not, we would just like to line up and go. You know, get to the, get to the ball carrier on the way to the quarterback, mm -hmm. as Warren Sapp used to say. And um, it could be something like that. It could be in the secondary. There's a lot, there was a lot of confusion in the Chicago game. Uh, I imagine that has a lot to do with young players and inexperienced players. And, and Coach Hoke was saying uh, earlier this week that, uh, yeah, every every experience for those guys is new. It's brand new for them. Mm -hmm. Every game right now, everything they see is new. So you can understand what that – but there could also be parts where they're like, we don't like this particular coverage. It's, it's hard for us to do what you're asking us to do. And I'm making these up. But right. the, the, they're you're along those a, lines. Like IE example. They've been on the field, and they've seen what's working and what's not working. And, and the coaches – I think they'll listen to him. I think Mike Smith and Dirk Cutter and all the assistant coaches will listen when they when the players have suggestions. Not they're not going to accept everything, 
You know, no. you know, one guy might say, well, I should be on the field a lot more. <laughs> Whether or not that's true, true. he's going to feel that way. But I but hope all of them. I bet you way. they get some productive stuff out of that. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. And that's why I think that's why I made that comment. I think it is going to come together. I think there is time self-evaluation. You know, guys left. They, were, You know, fans get upset. We get upset. But players get upset, too. And people, you know, they have to put it away because they need to move on. But in this particular instance, they were embarrassed, and they are not happy about yeah, it. Yeah, and they had to wait, and they're still waiting. And they're still two waiting weeks to play again, which is the and, only cure for that thing. And and you're only as good as your last game. And so that's that's why this week leading up, I I it's you know a lot of people were saying, well, why did why did Dirk give him six days off? Why they got a twelve week run now. Yeah, exactly. So no, that, there's no time off. There's no time off. It, one o'clock games until we get to December when we start getting flexed into other. Six, six days off is great. It's therapeutic. It rests their bodies. It it clears their minds. Well, I love what, it. What people forget, what people have forgotten, is yes, they had six days off. However, they were due that one day off. Anyways, that right. Tuesday was a player day right. off, whether it was a bye and week, and they're or required not. to give them five days in a row. And so Dirk, so yeah. he brought him in on Monday, Monday. did what he needed to do, right. and say, "Hey, get out of here." Right. And and when you come back, be be focused. Yeah. Be... You you say how players, how some fans react to that. I'll give mm-hmm. you a more specific example, um, and it's irritating. Uh, Carmen Vitali, who writes for our website, yes. and actually is you should read her, um, especially when she starts writing about football. She knows what she's talking about. Yes. About football and. Um, she came into my office yesterday to vent, and so I will vent on her behalf because it was irritating. Somebody on you want to call her in here? Uh, sure. No, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. You want to get her? Yeah. You want to yeah. call her? Okay, in? pause it. All right, hold on a second. Let's go get her. The salty dogs. Okay, we're back from that unplanned break. We've never done this before. We we uh, hustled in somebody to help us with our broadcast. We just said some nice things about you, so Carmen. Carmen Vitali has now joined us. She is a, what's the actual title on the website? Um, staff writer and senior coordinator, okay. coordinator of digital content. <laughs> That's a lot of words. Does you're that not even, our, you're does not that even our, fit on your card? No. Okay. It goes around to the back. Yeah. Um, you're not our official guest this week. We're going to have Kenny Gant here. Um, but we called you in on the spur of the moment mm-hmm. because we were we were talking about some people's reactions to things that the team decides to do during the bye week. And I was just about to vent on your behalf on the thing <laughs> you came into my office about yesterday. So we don't have to name names. Okay. But uh, somebody on Twitter made you very angry yesterday. Yes. So please explain why and explain why they were wrong. Um, so coach Cutter said in his press conference yesterday that he actually went fishing on Sunday. Yeah. Right. Caught two snook and one trout. Right. Lucky dog. Exactly. And I was so happy to hear that. And then, um, I went on Twitter and I saw a poll that said, what should he have been doing with his time other than going fishing? And I, that just kind of like set off something As, in me. It was a negative thing. Like how can he yeah. go fishing on right. a Sunday yeah. when things just went so badly? Yeah, exactly. Like what should he have been doing? And it had all these options of, you know, he should have been studying game film and all this other stuff. And then somebody else chimed in like, and it was another media member that said, um, well, he should have been getting his first look, you know, and watching football of, uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. One o'clock game. The yeah. one o'clock game against the Steelers. And I was like, if, you know, if you think that that would have been his first look <laughs> at, the, at the Falcons. You got issues. That's the line yes. I like. She yeah. said, if you think that was his the first time he looked at Falcons film. Goes to show you film. what they know, right? <laughs> well, it just, yeah, and it just, it, I don't know. And he knows nothing about the Atlanta Falcons. No, it's no not like it's a division yeah. opponent, and we see them twice a year. And he used year, to work there. And he yeah. used to work there, and so did, you know, a Mine. bunch of people on the staff. And so. Carmen also said, it's not like he's not going to watch that game. Yeah. Every week you do that. You watch your opponents at least their last three games. They scour the film. It's it's watching the TV broadcast on Sunday at one is not going to be you. any better no. than the no. hours he's going to spend going over. Well, that film. and especially when you consider camera angles and all this other stuff. Like when the coaches watch their film, they're watching the all twenty two angles right. where they can mm-hmm. see everything. Sideline and zone sideline. Yeah. Well, and also when they watch, they punch in. With, with the system now, yeah. if they want to know yes. third down tendency, yep. if it's third and five, exactly. they can see every third and five tendency a team has done they by can a go, click yes. of a I button. They want to see every time Atlanta ran play action. Right. And then they'll see every play action play. Also, also what I, what, I mean, I've done this a long time. 
Salty and dogs? I, huh? No. Salt, that's, watched that's only football. Been on for like two months. No. Watched, well, oh. in, in my life, that's a long time. Two months. <laughs> I think you've watched football longer than I've been alive. Wow. wow. <laughs> Shot across the bow. Wow. Like, you know, you can leave now. Jeez. <laughs> you know, you can get grounded. I mean, wow. <laughs> I, I, wow. I, do, I do say that I'm kind of the pesky Good. little sister. I, I do that. like the way she picked on you I, for that. And I, that I, well, <laughs> that's because they're all afraid of you. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. No. I, good thing. I nosebleed. Hold on a second here. No, I call myself um, Scott Smith's pesky little sister because I, I feel like I annoy him. I say, well, what I was, what I was, what I was going to say is much as I'm much. Doing one of those. I'm doing one of those. No. Yeah. Yes. No. As much football as I have no, watched yes. from from the radio booth and seeing it, the way I see a game, and I've learned this by the way Dave Moore sees a game because he played and he understands it in a whole different level. And I think that's what fans forget is yes, you can watch it on TV, you can be involved in it, but I'm never going to pretend that even though I've done this for a number of years, that I am going to see it the same mm-hmm. way someone who does it for a living sees it or someone who has played the game. And that's the fallacy of, of fans. But that's why you're a fan, and you get to be that way. You get to say whatever you want because it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Well, that was the thing, too. I was like, I mean, I'm, I understand fans' frustration, and I'm not going to go after anybody no. for being frustrated. But, no, you're going after the media. But, but that's the thing. I think that's irresponsible to kind of promote that's, this false narrative that, like, you know, coaches don't deserve a break. I think he's – the, the other thing he said was, like, I think most coaches would agree that you need – as much time in advance to get to this as possible. I'm like, no, I think most coaches would agree you need a day off. And you need balance. And you need to recharge and relax a little bit. So. Yeah, if, if they would like to see a ledger of the hours that Dirk and Ervales is here, I'm sure they would be Well, sometimes impressed. you have to take a step back to actually see, you know, what is it, you know, too I close had, to the trees to see the forest, I had a so friend make an analogy to me um, who's also a coach, and it made a lot of sense. He's like, I think coaching hours are kind of in the realm of, like saying you're a billionaire people you can quantify that but do people really understand what being a billionaire is do you do you really understand like Not what yet. i'm still just a millionaire <laughs> yes exactly but you but you like you can hear that these coaches put in 17 18 hour days every day but do you really know what that's like can you really like understand what that is day in and day it's out it's funny because you hear people say they work 16 or 18 hours a day and i'm usually skeptical i'm like you you don't really work right. 16 cuz then you have what 6 hours of sleep and, right. and no time for well but it's probably true when you no. comes to coaches but yeah. but i always i always look at my job and then if i'm driving down the road and i see a guy up on top of uh, you know roofing and you know which is a great Maybe a great profession, reading. and I understand that, but it's 90-some degrees outside, and he's, swi- yes, yeah. and he's swinging a hammer, and I go, okay, that's work. Yeah, that's right. That's right. work, you know. Yep. So, um, but I think you're right. I think it's it's important to be able to get away, and I, I, I you know, so what? He went fishing. I mean, yeah. And the coaches were here. I mean, players cumulatively will now have gotten six days off between today and then last week. But coaches were here all last week. Yeah, they were here right up through Thursday at least, and I'm sure some of them put in some extra work too. Yeah. Well, and and the other side is that you're never away from it because Mm -hmm. you can can access. He's probably thinking about it all the time. Wherever you are, Mm -hmm. you can access it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's not like you have to have the film projector rolling in your. Little dark All right, room. Carmen, we have to uh, get on to Kenny Gant here. He's going to yes. be in the studio yeah. here in a moment. Um, but thank you for your uh, abrupt and unplanned <laughs> cameo. You did well. Thanks, guys. Just another wrinkle in the salty dogs. Well, I like the fact that Jeff, every, every week he does something that he's like, you know, we could just do it this way. Like, he'll say, we don't really have to go to a commercial if we're going to go right in the questions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we can do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, he's like, why don't you get her down here? Well, and that's... and <laughs> that's, can do that? And that's that's kind of like self-evaluation during the bye week. I stepped back. <laughs> there you go. Saw what we could do better. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, you can, guys. Uh, you can All get right. back to Thanks, writing Carmen. about the Buccaneers now. And Excellent. Senior digitally managing things. Right. <laughs> she, could be a, she could be a fill-in salty dog when I go oh, on vacation. She'll be a good, oh, yeah, see? you're going on vacation again? Do you know he went to Maine during the bye uh, week? Week. But we were just talking about how you everybody were, needs rest and relaxation. You were in, um, you <laughs> were recharge. in, uh, you uh, you hung out in a I, bar all Sunday. Not all Sunday. So you well, read that story. O'clock. Apparently, I did. I laughed. <laughs> it was great. It made me laugh. And and I can't wait for lunchtime because I am going to dip and spill it all over the place. <laughs> if you want to know what I'm saying, read Scott's story. Yikes. Okay. Well, thanks, Carmen. Thanks, guys. Thanks. What do you do in Maine? When you go up there, what's the touristy things to do? I mean, eat a lobster. Eat lobster. That's it? Yeah. You don't have to go to Maine to eat lobster. It's cheaper. <laughs> it's probably better, too. Yeah, it's much better. Um, one thing about 
uh, that I bet they saw in all that scouting that I was just looking at uh, because I write this signature plays story every week uh, when I play in the Falcons. I'm terrified of Julio Jones, and everybody should be. And I think it's a real. This is you think things are going to go better for our defense, and I'll mm-hmm. they for that to happen. There is they're going to pass this test with Julio Jones because Julio Jones comes off the line, gets up to top speed almost instantly, mm-hmm. and eats up any cushion that you gave him. You're playing eight, ten yards off. He's on you quickly, <clears throat> and you turn. And at some point, the corner becomes most concerned about him blowing right by and running and for the big play. And sometimes he will run by, and sometimes they'll hit him for the big play, and that's the number one thing they're worried about. And the Falcons know this, and Julio Jones is insanely good at, at going from top speed to stopping on a dime. And you, so if you're, you've now turned and you're running with him, you're worried about that. When he stops, you can't re- – unless you're fantastic or unless you've figured something out, that's a really hard thing to cover. And then Matt Ryan knows as soon as he's coming out of that break, he's already got the, the ball released. That is so hard. And it's not – sometimes it's a little button hook. Sometimes it's a quick out because he can stop and flatten out his route. And uh, that is so hard to cover and to deal with because you're worried about the big play. Mm-hmm. But that could be a 25-yard play, and you get three or four of those. That's right. about as good as that 175-yard and play. That's, and that's what I'm excited about this game because if you're going to come back, you're going to come back against a, well, a good offense. Well, to me, the key for that is going to be the defensive line not allowing – Matt Ryan time to set up and throw those passes because they're going to complete some of those passes. It doesn't matter who they're playing and our young corners, they were confused in Chicago and um, hopefully with this self-evaluation, more time to work on that. There'll be less of that, but no matter how good you are, that is a very difficult thing to cover. So I think pressure on the quarterback is going to be the key. Can't argue it. Yeah. Well, don't then. I'm not. Think we've done enough here? We have for right Should now. We get let's, on to let's, Kenny? let's get another guest in here. Let's I get don't. Kenny in. We're gonna have to start getting three or four guests every time just to keep topping ourselves. Uh, Carmen did a good job. Yes. Uh, all right. So we're gonna go to Kenny Gant, and after we talk to him for a while, uh, we will get to your questions at the end. So uh, stay with us here on the Salty Dogs podcast. The Salty Dogs. And welcome back to the Salty Dogs podcast, uh, back here at the luxurious studio at the Advent Health Training Center, which we used to call One Buck. And we have a new person here with us I'm who excited. remembers the old One Buck. Yes. Probably would have preferred to train here. Oh, absolutely. But there were some good days there. I'm talking about Kenny Gant, who everybody knows as, Jeff? The Shark. Yes. <laughs> One of the best nicknames in the history Honestly, of yes. the Buccaneers. Although you came here with that nickname. Tell us about it. Yeah, the, the Shark was... Um, Actually, something we did in practice in Dallas, um, just the scout team mm-hmm. going against Michael Irvin um, and <laughs> Alvin Harper. Just they was the best receivers that we face every week. That we practice against them every day. So if you had an opportunity to knock a ball down or you know get up on them and brush them up a little bit, we always say the sharks out. <laughs> but that was just something for practice and. Apparently, I did it in a game. I just don't remember doing it. <laughs> it just – they asked me about it after. I said, no, we don't – we just do that at practice. But the day, next day in the newspaper, they said Kenny Gant comes out with this shark dance. And, yeah, well, you did it at – te- it blew up. Well, you did it at Texas Stadium, and the crowd went nuts. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it just – you owned it. <laughs> and, and for anybody who doesn't know and obviously can't see us, Part of this is putting your hand above your helmet yes. like it's the dorsal right. fin of a shark. Well, Absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you want to know, not only is it the fin, but the dance moves are pretty straight, too. Okay? <laughs> we so, all know that sharks can dance. So oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so there's a thing called Google. Just hit Kenny Gant, shark, yes. and you'll see a number of different videos of me doing it. Absolutely. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Jeff likes to give the fans use, very useful information. Oh, yes. yeah. There's a thing called Google. Well, Thanks, uh, well, the thing is, is sometimes you have to state the obvious so they catch on. <laughs> you know, You're very good at that. Is, is what you need to do. All right, so let's, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Kenny, okay. you were a 1990 draft pick back when the draft yes. was like 12 rounds long? He was 12 no, rounds. Ninth round. Yeah. Ninth round. He's done his research. Yes. Uh, we had a – Dallas had one of the best drafts that year. Was that that draft? Yes. Oh, wow. You know, they – 90. I didn't know you were part of that draft class. They had some big names. They had me. (laughs) Right. That's where it starts. They had Emmett Smith. (laughs) 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 You know, uh, it was a great time. Uh You know, I didn't – I had no idea coming from Albany State University, Division II. Didn't think I had been heard of. And 
get drafted in the same round as Emmett. I really didn't know who Emmett was, really. I just <laughs> he terrorized a couple of high schools around right. here. Um, but just meeting him. As a matter of fact, we was, you know, how NFL has evolved, made a lot of money. When we went in at uh, minicamp, I was actually roommates with Emmett. You're um, kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had a roll of quarters coming from a Division two school and – Obviously, he had a stack. <laughs> I'm he, not quarters, and he and it wasn't quarters. And he asked me, "Did he want? Did I want anything to eat?" I said, "Nah, you know, they want to pull out those roll of quarters." And he said, "No, I got you." He put his money on the bed. I'm like, "Whoa, what school did I go to?" <laughs> well, you're both Florida boys, right? Yeah, right? yeah you're from Lakeland. I'm from Lakeland. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever play against him? Never played against him. The closest. Um, the team he played, I think he played Arbondale, I, I believe. You were um, Kathleen, right? Kathleen, man. Wow, look at you. We got a Hall of Famer this year, too. So Who's that? Ray Lewis. Yeah. Oh, Kathleen. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so how does a guy, how does a kid from Kathleen end up at Albany State? Ah, well, I got, ended up at Albany State because I wanted to um, go to FAMU. I, I didn't have the, the dreams to go to Florida or Florida State. I I was a. Fam, you and Bethune. I just like those bands and stuff. Uh, good and, reason to that. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> neither one of them recruited me. Huh, really? And I had a teacher at my school ask me about uh, going to school. I said, man, they never recruited me. He said, well, I got some friends up at Albany. I said, where's Albany? <laughs> yeah. And he says, in Georgia, I got some good friends up there. You know, you can go up there, you can play, you can start and all this stuff. Get drafted. Get and I point. said, no, nah, I don't. I was I was teed off. You know? I said, nah, school ain't for me. I think I'm going to just go in the military. And um, he said, no, if you go to school, it'll be the best four years of your life. I promise you. And uh, Coach McCaskill was his name. I never got a chance to uh, thank him. He passed away while I was still in school. Hmm. Um, so, but that was the best four he years was right. of my life. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> wow. Awesome. Even better than winning two Super Bowls? Yes. But you won two Super Bowls. I did win some Super Bowls. <laughs> but he, that going for you too. he doesn't have his rings on. Yeah, because the reason I say that, I, I do stay in contact with um, a lot of those Super Bowl That's guys, good, yeah. those friends, but it's nothing like those college days. Like, I went, my son plays at Tuskegee University oh, now. <clears throat> so I went up last year, last week, to see him play um, up in. Columbus, Georgia, they was playing a classic. Six of my college buddies was there to see my son, and we tailgated yeah, cool and everything. That? But I don't do that with the, yeah, that's, the yeah. guys. I, I was at both of those Super Bowl wins that you had. <laughs> Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The first one was in Pasadena. Pasadena. Yeah. Awesome. That was crazy. I was against the Bills. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> both. I, I was telling Scott last week uh, a, a Kenny Gant story. Oh. When you first came to the to the team, we used to travel early, and we would go to the stadiums uh, as a walkthrough before the game. And you were sitting on the bus in front of me, and you had your Super Bowl ring on. And I asked you if I could see it, and I was expecting you to just pull your hand out behind and say, yeah, look at this. You, you took it off and handed it to me. Yes. And I always remember how cool that was because I was thinking – you you came from the Dallas Cowboys. You got to be kind of you know a lot of swagger and not and you weren't anything like that. You were just a down to earth guy. Did he give it back to you? I did. <laughs> he I did, did give. Thank you for that because sometimes I don't I don't hear that, mm -hmm. but I know that's something coming from a humble beginning, pinky to oranges all my life, hmm. um, and I've had all different um, ethnicities in my house raised up, uh -huh. white, black. Hispanic, my parents just brought people in, um, and now I'm an advocate of, you know, the homeless. Make sure they're doing stuff, not mm -hmm. just to keep giving them handouts, but I want to make sure they get acclimated back into the communities and working and try to get their mind back on track. Um, but so I do that now mm -hmm. still to this day. So it wasn't just me. Well, oh no, I'm crushed. <laughs> you were the first homeless person. Well, <laughs> no, when I'm on the plane, somebody mm -hmm. say, well, yeah. "What kind of ring is that?" So they sit way in the back. I yeah. just hand it to them, and they keep walking. They walking with the ring, and 
that one of the stewards would come up and say, did you know you gave it? I said, well, didn't tell them to jump out the plane then. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. <laughs> I know where they live. Yeah. Is this advocacy you were talking about with a specific group for the homeless, some program or group? It's not a group. I actually pastor a church now oh, here okay. oh, in Tampa. Oh, okay. Um, Right down the street, um, mm-hmm. Dale Maver and Kennedy. Um, What's the name of it? Yeah, Faith Works Ministries. Okay, and um, <clears throat> and I and I I do a lot. Uh, I gave I've given away two cars. Wow. I've um, I've given away about thirty bikes to the homeless. Nice. And it's it's it's, it's hard. It's just where my heart was at. I mm-hmm. uh, my, unfortunately, I had to go through some stuff, lose everything, and lost millions. I made millions, and I lost millions. So. Uh, but this is a way that uh, I get sanity because this what my parents taught me to do, and and it just comes easy. Wow, you did a full circle. Yeah, it wow. was crazy. That's great. When you were with the Cowboys, how crazy? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to say how crazy it was because back we've then, heard stories. We've heard. Well, there's books. There's everything <laughs> else. But but for you, not so much about the Cowboys, but you became a free agent, mm-hmm. and that's why you came to the Buccaneers. Correct. So how did how did that? Tr- transpire it, it it's weird uh after my third year i was a free agent um but that was like plan b free agency right that wasn't i can't remember 1993 was the first year where you could actually yeah be a real free agent correct so i visited the raiders i visited new orleans um i think the rams you know i had a few teams i went to go visit um the raiders had me Al Davis, I had an opportunity to meet him. He said, "You, I have you signed before you land back in Dallas. <laughs> wow. I, that never happened. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Dallas signed me back. So I played two more years in Dallas, and then I came up free agent again. And um, that's one of the most bittersweet moments of my life because the organization, um, some inside people, I don't call people out. But they told me they was um, moving on. Moving on. We was moving yeah. on. We couldn't, you know. I remember Jay Novacek's name kept coming up. Uh, we don't have the gap space for the in, uh, defensive backs. We mm-hmm. trying to sign Jay, you know, some, some key elements to our team. I'm like, that's I, I, I'm not, a, not under I'm that not, category. I'm not <laughs> <an element. laughs> you, you know, <clears throat> you see the business side of it mm-hmm. and. Then I end up coming here. I said, I don't want to go to L.A. I don't want to go anywhere. You want to come home. I just said I want to go home so I can have an opportunity. Some of my little league coaches and yeah. high school coaches can come to the game. My parents don't have to fly anywhere. Um, so I was here, but I stepped, I kept calling the organization said, man, look, just pay me what I made last year. I just want to stay in Dallas. You know, I had my house there and everything. And, they said we don't have money allocated for yeah. the defensive I backs. Think, I think teams. It took some teams some years to figure out the new <laughs> yeah. system and the salary cap and all that. Right. You know, I think they're a lot better at it now. Yeah, it's yeah. better. They should have been able to figure out a way. Because I remember we had a meeting and Michael Irvin, which people may think he's dumb, but he's really was smart. He was in one of the meetings and he challenged Gene Upshaw about what's going to happen with this free agency stuff, and I'm like. I'm sitting there, don't even know what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah. So he walked out of a meeting mm-hmm. while Gene Upshaw was talking, and and he kept saying, "Well, what about the guys that make up this team, like a Kenny Gant or a Tommy Ag?" He kept calling. I was like, "Man, don't put me in this," you know. <laughs> but he was talking he was directly. He was actually talking directly to me, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know it until I got caught up in it, and it was. Did you, have, did you have an agent at that time? I did. To some, I, it, to some extent, he's been right. I mean, the new the the this era of of the salary cap and yeah. and and uh, free agency has favored the biggest stars, right. At the expense there of you the, the you know the guys the, the glue guys that make up a roster. Correct. And it was um, it it hurt, uh, but it's you know because I wasn't wise, um, making wise choices with money and. Dealings. I just was living a life like this was gonna last forever. So, if some young guys are listening, man, take time to to trust somebody, and make sure you you, you study who you trust. Because I just didn't trust nobody. So yeah, I didn't ever make investments. I just spent money and partied, and it was it, 
it was rough, but I wouldn't trade it for a world to, to know what I've learned today. Right. Brought, you, brought, brought you to where you are. are. Yes, yeah, exactly. Correct. You exactly. know, if if guys have that same sort of experience nowadays, they they really have to try harder to mess it up because there's so many resources they can just make available <laughs> Correct. to them with Absolutely. financial advisors. Yeah. And, and then so there on. wasn't. And right, yeah. you didn't have those resources. I, did I didn't have no resources because <clears throat> um, every a couple of players got burned by some people, so you you just didn't want to deal with folks. Um, but it, you know. Life was good. I, I could only imagine how heady that had to be coming from uh, Albany, Georgia, yep. to Dallas. Dallas. First and plane ride. Your first We're, plane ride ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you went to the Big D. Big D, man. They had no idea. That, see, I, I could just, just. I was telling this story at church the other day. When I flew to Dallas, I actually thought, now don't you laugh, because if you laugh, I'm up out of here. I actually this segment's thought, almost over. I'm anyway. going to turn my mic off. <laughs> I actually thought. Yeah, we're pretty good. When I, I actually thought I was going to be able to meet J.R. Ewing. Oh, and you went to Dallas. <laughs> you laughed. <laughs> I didn't. I, I had to try hard though. <laughs> I actually. Did you? I, 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 I never met him, but I, yeah. I thought that's fantastic. Uh, but when I did in Dallas, met one of my favorite. Who is that? Gary Busey, man. Gary Busey. Really? I hung out with him. He was crazy, fun. right? Crazy, yeah. had the best time. Of my okay, life. now here's a crazy story. <laughs> You've got a Gary Busey story? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Super Bowl, Pasadena. Okay, that's your first Super Bowl. Yeah. I saw Gary. Was he a guest of yours? Because we were we went to a party beforehand. Garth Brooks was actually the headliner on that party, <laughs> and um, this was like two, three days before, and this was before 9-11, so all you yeah. had to do was act like you belonged and you could get into right. anything. <laughs> and um, so I saw him, and I was always wondering, why is Gary Busey here? <laughs> you know, what connection? So maybe it was you. I think he – no, it wasn't me. He had inside ties. I oh, know because okay. he had been to a couple events in Dallas, okay. and I had always won. I just remember from that crazy movie back in the day. Which one? Oh, uh, well, uh, with the taxis. Um, what was the name of that movie? I don't know. He well, was, we'll Google I'm it. not a, a big Gary Busey. I don't have a yeah. lot of Gary Busey knowledge. And Michael <laughs> Jackson had an opportunity to meet Michael oh, Jackson. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So, well, yeah, because he sang. He sang. That's at, cool. Yeah. He did the halftime well, show. you're looking up Gary Busey. I am. You know, obviously Dallas is where you won a couple Super Bowls, but we really haven't talked about your three seasons here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good memories from that as well? What's that? Yeah, he, good memories from playing for the Bucks. Oh, absolutely. Did anything in particular? Any games or anything that stood out? Um, The games that, that Tony Dungy's first win – I remember I see some of the clips now. I had they had the cooler up, but I had a cup of water so I could be the first one and just dash it. Um, it's good then to see him last yeah. couple of weeks ago. Some of the players, it just was an awesome time. So you, you actually got to experience that turnaround. Everybody yes. says the game that really felt like it all turned around was San Diego in that '96 year. Do you remember that yep. game? Yeah, mm -hmm. felt like that to you too. Oh yeah, it was a it was a great man because. He was Jimmy Johnson. Tony was. In a a low tone. <laughs> yeah. He's got he got the same fire out of me. You didn't me. know where he was going I, with that. I, I, no comparison. <laughs> yeah, he's he got the same fire out of me. In a totally different way. In a totally different way. That was weird. But it was great for me because yeah. I needed somebody I could he was the first one. What I couldn't do with Jimmy I could have did it with Jimmy Johnson. It he just ended up leaving, erupting. Oh, yeah. When I got here, you know, we, of course we had Sam Weiss, yeah. and then the next year we got Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy drew me in to where I told him, I think I got an alcohol problem. Really? And I sat in his office and told him, and it was it just came out. It's like I was sitting there and my mouth started moving. <laughs> wow. He was just one of those people, and I and I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds from what you were saying earlier that families always hasn't been a very big deal for you. So you must have liked the way Tony's family atmosphere. Absolutely. I'm looking at all these different movies, and I'm trying to place it to where in 1990 he was he he was in Lethal Weapon. No, he it was an old movie. An old old. Movie. He was a bad guy in Lethal Weapon. A star. Uh, yeah. Was, they had taxi cabs. Dirty Little Billy. Nope. Nope. Was it Taxi Driver? Was he in Taxi Driver? Uh, with with uh, I don't see it. Nope. He was in the Buddy Holly story, Not Straight Time, Big Wednesday. If Did you know. say it, I'm going to say yes, that's it. Barbarossa. Nope. Silver Bullet. Mm. I didn't, I had no, 
no way when we when I was driving in today did I think we we're going to be talking about Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. But he is from Texas, so that's okay. That's, that's probably that's, why there is another reason. We he go. is from Texas because he was he was always around. Because matter the day the night I hooked out with him, Bruce Willis was there. He was doing that thing at that thing they just came out with the restaurant. Oh, um, um, the blues. Yeah. We House of think, Blues. House of Blues. Boy, we're horrible. Well, you're doing all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible. Yeah. Today. House of Blues. When it was yeah. just coming out. Yep. And they, that's where I met him downtown at the House of Blues downtown, and we hung out all night. Um, I don't know how many shots we had, but it was, it was an awesome night just to hang out because I just remember him from that movie, and he was just as crazy as he was in that movie. It's good. Yeah, I've always good heard stuff. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, so. Obviously, you had you had interceptions in your career. You yep. played defense, but what you're primarily known for was um, awesome special teams. Special team. What is it? Why are some people? Why were you? Why are a few sp- certain specific pe- players so good at special teams? Uh, you had to have no conscience. I <laughs> I had always had a chip on my shoulder coming out of school. I was the smallest guy my, in my family. I was a Scots. I was the skinniest boy. Um, I was. Um, didn't have all the the good clothes, but I had a great life. Um, I, then I went to school, didn't go to Florida State, and didn't go to Miami. That was always a chip on my shoulder. Um, they said I wasn't going to start in college. Mm-hmm. Started every game, four years at Albany. Cornerback, right? Cornerback. Yeah. Best four years of your life. Yeah. Yep. Heard that somewhere. And give credit to my coach at Albany, Hampton Smith. I Went in as a a, a big time receiver too. Oh, okay. Um, and we had a meeting where we separate the offense and defense, and we had to come down the bleachers. And when I came down, I started walking toward the offense. He said, "He just pointed over <laughs> to the left. Like, what are what? you talking about? No, you're going to defense." I said, "I'm gonna come. Get over there." He just knew. He he knew, and um, life lessons, and um, sometimes people just gotta yield to what people are saying coaches are telling you uh, because they know more than you think they know because mm-hmm. he talked a lot of crazy stuff but he some of the stuff I see in life now all the crazy stuff he used to say back then I can see it so to get back to the original question it, it's a mindset is what you're saying it's a mindset special teams you had to be a you had to have it mm-hmm. a lot of people that's why you only see the Slaters from you can see, I watch special yeah, teams guys. Yeah. You know, later Pro Bowl yeah, every I, year. I, I watch these guys because you got. Matter of fact, the year I came back in '99 to do internship with Coach Dungeon. Okay, so I was doing a special team with Marciano, mm-hmm. and Marciano. one of the guys I called out in a meeting because you know I'm now I'm in the meetings now. They said, well, "Who do you like? You mm-hmm. know, who you got? Who got a long shot? And you guys gonna be surprised." Okay, Corey Ivy. Oh yeah! Wow, who was on the Super Bowl team? Yep, <laughs> yep. He was your good. pick, your long shot. He was. I said that guy here has got it as a special teamer. Yep, and you were right. He was right. <laughs> special teams now, not the way you played it. No, well, not as was it. Is it? They've de-emphasized. Well, they, the yeah. They've. They. I, I wouldn't be able to play this game. Now. Why's that? Because I'm. I'm wired to. Oh, you want to lay somebody out? I, I'm wired to knock folks out. Mm-hmm. And you know, I go through the concussion stuff now, and I have to go to counseling. Uh, and they asked me, one psychiatrist asked me, "What if you had to do it all over again? What would you do?" I said, well, first of all, would you do it?" I said, "Yes." Well, what would okay. you do different?" I said, "I get bigger and I get faster." So I can really knock somebody out. <laughs> so, so in other words, nothing's changed with nope. the mindset. Yeah. The <laughs> mindset just, is still there. Just got, I had no fear yeah. of yep. people. It just and it, it was it was totally different inside the lines and outside the mm-hmm. lines. I think, you know that's that's partially why they've made so many rules to try to uh, uh, alter you know help with player health because oh, yeah. the players are going to always go to the limit of what they're allowed. Yep, Even right. though you go into this game nowadays, <laughs> you go into playing the sport, you know the risks, but they get out there on the field like you and they yep. have the mindset, and it, it doesn't matter. They're going to try to lay you out within, yep. as far as you can go within the rules. I've seen it happen. Bill Bates came to the sideline. Bill Bates. He was on a tackle on the same tackle. 
And then he came to the sideline, and we were sitting beside each other. He was, oh, oh. His fingers was uh, in two or three different directions. Oh. And they said, come on, you got to go to the locker room. He said, I'm not going to the locker room. Tape it up. Is that so what they, they did? They taped him up, and he went right back. That's, that's, a, different, that's a different man than I am. I'd be I screaming like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I like when they, they show guys that get their shoulders dislocated, yeah. and then they're standing, and they pop, pop back it in. Back I've in. dislocated two shoulders, and I went to the hospital all time. <laughs> tell you something. You didn't, you didn't bang it on no, the door, Jim? I, I don't know if this – Right for radio. Sure. It's, you can well, say, it's tapes. It's we tape. You can say whatever you want. It, it sucks. Oh, you can say that. Oh, yeah. Because I had mine told, I grabbed Barry Sanders' leg in, in London, in Dallas. Well, just getting a leg on Barry Sanders is a pretty good accomplishment. Dude, he ripped this sucker out, and I got the scars to prove it. And so this is in preseason. Um, so now they got this harness on me the rest of the year, and – this thing pop out about three times. I pushed a kicker one day and it popped out. Well, you know that's bad. And Mel Gilson was right because I rolled around. <laughs> I didn't try to do it. I rolled around on the turf and it popped back in. It's like they was running out there. And by the time they got out, I was like, oh, oh, oh. I knew it was back in. Yeah. And it was crazy. I was like, that does two, work. Two lethal weapon references. Yeah. I, think, I think Gary Busey was in lethal weapon. Yeah. He was a bad guy, I think. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, Kenny, tell us the name of your church again where you're a pastor. Faith Works Ministries. And it's around? Dale Mabry and Kennedy, 3702 okay. West Kennedy Boulevard, um, um, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. You, pr- uh, you probably tell some good stories there, too. I tell I like your stories. Some <laughs> awesome stories. <laughs> People like, what? <laughs> but it's, uh, it's good stuff. The ones I can remember. Sometimes I, it, it's weird when I, sometimes I get up to preach. And um, and um, because I've been questioning about how you preach, I said I can't tell you that it's just a high power. Hmm. But there's you don't be there when those times I'm sitting in my office and don't want to come out. Hmm. And I've sat there and tried to study, but now I don't want to come out. And then when I come out, because I I can feel it, and I come out sometimes and I'm I'm actually speaking to people, and the thought just go. Just like you played uh, special teams, <laughs> just turn yeah. and burn. And I just sit there and look at the people. Then my wife, like, she sits on the front row. She's like, keep it going. <laughs> and it, it takes a minute to get huh. it back. You know, it's like, it's weird. But it's, well, it's well, been a treat for me. Yeah. Well, you, certainly <laughs> did, you certainly didn't mess up any of the stories today. No. They were good stories. Very good. And, and, and you always have a smile on your face whenever hey, I you. see you in all the different functions that, <laughs> yeah. that the organization has. You're one of the ones that are always there with a smile. And, Thank you. And it's come great, back anytime, man. It's, yes. been a, it's been a blessed eight years in the NFL. It was a blessing. Okay. And um, picking oranges all my life and doing what I love to do. They say you find a job you love, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And not just how football was to me. And I have written down as a kid, seven, that I was going to play in the NFL and I was going to preach the gospel. Oh, my. So good how, life. Good what, way to end it. Huh? What is that? Yeah, good life. Well, thanks, Kenny. Thanks, hey, Kenny. Appreciate Thank being you. here, especially coming by. Thanks, you didn't yeah. have to oh, come man, by. Man, I know it. I just did it wanted to come on personal, guys. That's so. true. I like it. All right. Thanks again. Right. Thanks again, Ken. Take care. The Salty Dogs. Okay, we're back again here on the Salty Dogs podcast. It's been a crazy one. We That's had unannounced good. guests. We had the shark swimming around. It was good to see him. It's good hey, to see him. Hey, that fits in with our nautical theme, too. Ooh, the shark. The shark. Should have thought of that earlier. Um, yeah, Kenny, Kenny's a good guy. And, well, and like I said, when I see him, he's always, always smiling. The Always. best part of that whole thing was when he said I mean, when he was a kid, he wrote down he wanted to play in the NFL and he wanted to be a pastor, and now he's done both of them. Crazy, isn't it? So, And he said some things in there that were pretty candid about ups and downs and mm-hmm. struggles he's had. and, and uh, so I didn't even realize some of the struggles no, he had. And I think that there's probably lots of instances like that where we don't realize what these players are going through in their lives, or even after the fact, we never knew. But it's good... He sounds like the kind of guy who had lots of ups and lots of downs and mm-hmm. wouldn't trade it because it's 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 who what fashioned his life. It's yeah. it's who he is. It's part of what he is now, and so that's good. And he's in a good place now. Yep. And thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that suggestion again. Yeah, do that more. Send mm-hmm. us more suggestions. We'll we'll try as hard as we can. You know, even if they're not local, Kenny was local, so that helped. We can get him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. The questions. First one. All right. 
Gentlemen, and I think that's the first time we've been addressed as gentlemen. Mm. It's usually some kind of insult. Yes. With all, I like the way that Carmen uh, aimed her old jokes at you. This is like when you have when you when you go You're to not the bar younger than and I you have, have a wingman, yeah, who's like you try to bring somebody that maybe you're dressed better than them mm-hmm. or, or you know have better hair or something. So, I understand. So that you look better by comparison. So I'm I your... feel young by comparison. Oh, I see. Gentlemen, with all the controversy surrounding some of the rule changes, past and present, do you think the NFL competition committee should or would add two to add two active players? My thought was to perhaps add one from each conference or one offensive and one defensive, like the previous year's OPOI and offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year, could be added for the league next year. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep up the good work. Oh, this is what I was talking about. And I'd love to hear John Lynch on the show when his 49ers come to town. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just to summarize, there's been a lot of rules. Sometimes the players don't like them. There's new rules every year. A lot of them nowadays have to do with player safety. Uh, so give the players a voice on this committee. I actually kind of like that. I like that. Idea. I, I think these ideas of one from each conference or who was the player of the year last year, that's needlessly complicated. Just let the players and their union figure out the, right. who they want to represent them. Yeah. and I. It, yeah. It's good to get a player's perspective on this. Don't they? They, they do get a little bit, don't they, with the competition committee? Well, they're not on it, though. They're not they? on it, no. But, but I think also a lot of times I think the competition committee makes decisions to, to keep the game moving along. I mean, safety first, yeah. but then a lot of stuff is also moving along. You mean time-wise? Time-wise, yes. Yes. I don't think players would object to that. No. They may not – having a couple players in there may not, in the end, influence the vote, but maybe just having them in there offering their perspective would, would help. And not only coming up with new rules, but in how they're Interpret- shared and, and ter- yeah. shared with the public. And, yes. come on, if, you know – there's been a couple rules like the helmet one where where when it came out virtually every player in the league is like we don't understand it. You'd like to you'd like the players if there's new rules to have a really good idea of what what they actually mean. Well, yes, and and in fairness to the league, they do they do send a representative down. They do send film videos down. I mean, we get to see that we get to see it. The media has an opportunity to see when there's a rule change. They try to demonstrate what is now permissible and what what is now illegal. Uh, I think the helmet thing was crazy in the preseason. They got it squared away. They're not so even calling it anymore. N- only when it's obvious. There was one in uh, and Brandon Cooks got destroyed and they didn't mm-hmm. call it. Right. And I think, I, you know, and I've said this before, and, and I mean, you have the human element, and that is the officials, they're human, so it's interpretation of what you think one is, what you think another is. You all right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that um, in time – the roughing of the passer, I think that will eventually go go where it'll be obvious when it is roughing and when it isn't. The most amazing play I saw all week, and I wrote about it in that article you were talking about, is when that, who was it? Was it a Detroit guy? Yeah, he did a where gymnastic he, move. Where he sacked Aaron Rodgers, and they're both going to the ground, and you see him before they hit, like, roll off to the side. And I don't know how he did that, but he probably saved himself a penalty. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's possible every time, but... But it was not, clearly but in his mind. Th- there you go. So, so, so they are changing how the game is played, yeah, which is not a bad thing. It's right. just take time. Yeah. So maybe they call it really strictly, and poor Clay Matthews is the is the example. Goat, and he, yes. He's the one made example of, and it sucks for him. But they eventually get it better, and in the process, the players do change the way they play a little bit. Right. And which the, is good. And the thing about rules is, you're always going to argue the rules one way or the other. That's true. That's just way nobody's going to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they if they obviously the rules have been changed. So to favor the offense and the poor mm-hmm. defensive backs, they can't completely succeed no. anymore. And they would love to see the rules change, but then the receivers wouldn't be real happy about it. So you're never going to make everybody happy, right? Right. All right, moving on to the next. That was a good one, David. David Harrison, by the way, sent Thanks, that one Dave. in. Um, uh, next one says, oh, salty ones. Mm. Okay. I, okay, I, okay, I don't know how you forget how to pronounce the word okay. Okay. I've been wondering about See, you can do it. I've been wondering about this for a while, and it seems like something you guys would ramble on about if given the chance. Wow, rambling. That seems a bit negative. Yes. I see the pictures from when the Bucks are flying for an away game and all the guys are dressed up. Yeah, we take pictures of that now. Yes. Like it's a fashion show, like a mm-hmm. runway. Right. Why do teams do that? I've heard away games, and if not, I don't think he means the pictures. Um, 
He means, why do they dress up? I've heard away games in the NFL described as business trips. Well, I'm actually a guy who makes a couple business trips a year. Oh, well, la-di-da. And I don't feel like I have to get dressed up for the plane fight flight i put on a suit for the meeting with the client the next day it's not like they're going to see what i wore on the plane if i were the coach i want my guys to be as comfortable as possible i know this is completely unimportant but that's why i asked you guys on your show again that's like a backhand compliment yes guy's name is sconey by the way hey sconey i want to ramble on my pet peeve on airplanes (laughs) all right my pet peeve get dressed okay i hate getting on planes and and people walk on and, and and it's like do you realize you're out in public i love this rant i'm just saying it is amazing to me, and it has changed, Jeff. It's simply it's 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 a different generation. I have yet to pro, to go on a plane flight with shorts on. I got to at least have jeans right. on. Jeans and a polo. I'm not getting dressed up. Okay, but here's it the, feels weird. I know. I but here's a thought. All right, you're wearing flip flops. No, that's not you're acceptable. In je- you're in shorts. Mesh shorts. If there is an emergency and you got to go down <laughs> that slide, you're going to be happy that you got jeans on and you got shoes so on. It's a practical thing. It is a very practical thing. And yeah. so, yes. And so, it, to his answer about how it is, the head coach makes that decision. We've had head coaches that have you have to wear suits. We have head coaches where you could be casual. But the majority of them have them wear suits. And then when they go um, to this, when they go from the hotel to this, to the I, stadium. Under Tony, I don't think we wear suits. We, I don't, we, I don't think. Well, I, is, is one coach the majority? I said uh, the majority Raheem, of them. Raheem. I'm not talking about just the Buccaneers. Uh, John Gruden. None of them made us wear suits? No, That's I don't not think. true. No, no. Sam Weish was a suit guy. Uh, I don't believe Tony was a suit guy. You had to be business casual. Um, but I could be mistaken. Um, be the first time. John Gruden was not. Um, really? I don't believe it was suit and tie. No, it was business. I, I want to say business. And Raheem wasn't. You could Greg, wear it if you wanted. obviously was. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was probably a 20-point. And that sure card. helped out a lot. Uh, but even but when yes. they go to the stadium in the morning on the buses and mm-hmm. they walk in the locker room, they usually have a suit on. And they, they, get in this, they get in the locker room and then they take the suit off and put on a uniform. Yes. I can see efficiency-wise what's the point of that. Right. I don't know, Jeff. I guess it's just... Well, they trying like to look professional. You're looking professional, and you're also you're you're coming into a hotel. You're coming into uh, your work environment people when you're, see you people see you. And now, even more so because, is like he said, he sees all these pictures being taken. So everything's out there. So do you want your team looking? Yeah. You know, and so. and and also, I don't think that all of them hate it. I think some of them kind of like, hey, look at look at mm-hmm. the way I can dress up because some well, of them are pretty um, elaborate, very very stylish. Yeah, very, very stylish. Yes, that yes. you. And very... You know what helps being stylish? Money. Yes. <laughs> and, and yes. And, and oh, by the way, most of those suits are custom made. Yeah, right. Well, they yeah. have to be. That's, that's it. But yes, I digress there. But okay. yes. So the next business, what's his name? His, his name is Sconey. Sconey. So he's from Boston. Sconey. Here, oh, I wasn't... Oh, I Sounds understand. like a Boston. Yeah. Uh, Sconey, here's a tip. <laughs> Dress up when you go. <laughs> You might be do better on your business. Yeah, I don't know how well we answer the question, but I do like that I give yes. you that opportunity to rant. So our Thanks. last one, and we're going to be done, and we've had a great show. We had an un- unannounced guest in the first segment, and she did great. And then we had Kenny Gant, who probably could have sat here for an hour. You have no more questions? I have one more. Okay. Dogs. I heard that guy ask in the last episode for Kenny Gant, of course. That's mm-hmm. what I was, who I remembered. And then Curtis Buckley, who I had completely forgotten. Yes. That was fun. So I have a really easy question. Name some former buck I haven't thought of in a long time. And it's from Nelson, who says he's... That's the same name as our PR director. Yes. Our PR director. Nelson. Yeah. You didn't commu- you didn't commu- uh, you didn't correct me that time and say communications director. Or Sometimes, vice president. Sometimes he's vice president of communications. Nelson, formerly from Tampa, now in Virginia. Huh. Okay, so name he, just name some old buck that nobody wouldn't have thought of for a long time. You got hundreds to choose. I know, from. I know. I'm How about I got one? Go ahead, Aaron Stecker. Oh, running back, the running back who re- yeah. he played in the World League, right? NFL Europe, and then he was. A, I a almost good said Eric Rett. Yeah, Eric Rett. That's kind of a big name. That's a big name. I uh, mean, he's a great guy too. He, uh, uh, um, Kenny brought up a good one, Corey Ivy. Corey Ivy. Corey Ivy. Uh, well, if you go, if you go way, way back, Tony Mayberry. Pro Bowler. Yeah. Tony never oh, got his gonna, due credits. I, I, he, I, he went to three Pro Bowls. Yeah. I, He's uh, the center on the all-time team if you make a Bucks all-time team. Oh, okay. If you think about all the different players that have been on the team, 
Wow. Michael Husted. Saw him the other day. Saw him uh, during Tony's Ring of Honor. Good guy. Made a 57-yard field goal in Oakland. Mm-hmm. In the sand. That was, uh, that was uh, gun day at the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> Gun day. Yeah. You brought a gun, you got a free ticket. This was this was before, this is like in the uh, You turned 90s. in a gun? Uh-huh. Okay, well, I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, Tyoka Jackson. Saw him also. Man. He, so, was, he was at the Ring of Honor also. So that's why I'm having a hard time because I'm, I'm trying to think of someone who I, haven't, I hadn't seen in a while. So that's my problem. Styles G. White. <laughs> Good old Styles. This is just... A round of name a game. Yeah, you just you're just throwing names name left and name. right. Just you just give me a name. You know, Ken Dilger. I remember tight end. Yeah, he was one of the many, many, many mm-hmm. offensive free agents that John Gruden brought in for mm-hmm. that Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I, I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. Tim Wansley. Wow, that was the cornerback that had yes. to come in and play in the um, 2003. We bring that game. I bring that game up every yes. freaking podcast, even though it's the worst game ever. The Colts game. It's burned in your head. It's burned in your head. Tim Wansley, speaking of which, got burned by Marvin Harrison in that game. That's crazy. All right. That's some good names. Yeah, you're just throwing out names. I'm trying to think of someone who I haven't seen. Charles McRae. I like. (laughs) I was just about to say Rob Taylor, and they were contemporaries (laughs) of each other. How's that? I was going to say Rob Taylor because he went to Northwestern. Wow. Who beat Michigan State? Yes. Congratulations. Third week in a row. And uh, my son, uh, his baseball, his JV baseball team at Gaither also won this weekend. You're on a roll. It's a good weekend. So this weekend coming up, Bucks win. Nor- who's Northwestern playing? I should know that. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan, you are. <laughs> I know. I've just been exposed. All right, very good. All right, Jeff. All right, hey, I think it, was, we're done. it was fun. It was a really good show. Go back and forth. You'll you'll enjoy it twice since you <laughs> did. <laughs> since you did. Thanks for listening. 